Thank you is a good word. <laughs> Thank you is a good word. We're going to carry that with us every day. Just thankfulness to God for who he is, for what he's done. For what he's going to do, for his promises to us. For his mercy to us. You know, sometimes we get it. <clears throat> A glimpse of heaven, <laughs> just a little, just a little glimpse. And we don't know all that he's got in store for us. <laughs> but those little glimpses <laughs> are pretty good. <clears throat> God's heart's desire is for his creation. God's heart's desire is for his people. That his people would come into that understanding of who he is. And he's drawing. Constantly he is drawing. Hallelujah. And as we get a hold of God's heart's desire for us, as we truly get a hold of that, you know, do you understand that becomes our desire for him? His desire for us becomes our desire for him. <laughs> so our desire is moving towards Okay, who, who else needs to know this? Yeah. Who else needs to step from death into life? You know, there's a lot of examples in, in Scripture of people who've, who've got a bit of a hold of, of, of that desire that God has. And you know, none of the people in Scripture are, are, are perfect people because we, we, Scripture doesn't try and hide the... The issues and the and the and the failings and the faults, and God knows that. But He's after He's after the heart. He's after the heart because He'll He'll deal with the rest. 
He's after our heart. And, and when Solomon became king, it's in 1 Kings chapter 3, when Solomon became king, God asked him, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and God said, ask, what shall I give you? <laughs> How would we go with that? If God came to us and said, ask, what shall I give you? And you can take that thought away and, and consider it. What, what would our response be? I mean, there might be a lot of things on our, on our heart that we think, oh, it's sort of like it's a blank check. You know, it's a blank check. You, you write in, what, 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 what do you want? Ask. What can I give you? And Solomon, I'll paraphrase this next part, he said, I'm just a young person. I don't know how to do what you've called me to do. <laughs> I don't know how to go come in. I don't know how to go out. I don't know. I don't know what to do. And you've put me as king over this multitude of people. <laughs> so <clears throat> he said to give me a, a discerning heart, give me a heart to know. That's what, he, that's what he asked for. He asked for something that was a benefit to, to all the people that God had put him in that place to, to, to lead. <laughs> and in verse 10 it says, The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked for this thing. Then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing, and have not asked riches for yourself, <laughs> nor have asked for the life of your enemies uh, or, or other stuff, <clears throat> long life, etc. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there shall not be anyone like you that... <clears throat> Sorry, I'm having trouble reading... <clears throat> that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And, verse 13, and I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honour, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. Do you understand if we put God's business first, he'll look after our business. Huh? 
You know, God spoke to Abraham. He said, get out of your country. Go to a place that I'm going to show you. And he said, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. It was the response, Abraham's response in believing God and responding to God that God saw. And he said, okay, because you've got a heart for me, I'm going to do this. Not something that Abraham asked for, but something that he got. <laughs> and I want to read a passage out of out of First Timothy. <clears throat> I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation and. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Interesting passage. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. If anyone spreads false teachings that does not agree with the healthy instruction of our Lord Jesus, teaching others that holy awe of God is not important, (laughs) then (laughs) then they prove that they know nothing at all. It's obvious they don't value or hold dear the healing words of our Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) Our desire has to be in the right place before God. They are covered with clouds of conceit. They are loaded with controversy and they love to argue their opinions and split hairs. The fruit of their ministry is contention, competition and evil suspicions. First Timothy chapter 6, that was verse 4 out of the Passion Translation. And if you look at the church world over the time that we've been living, how much of contention, competition and evil suspicion would characterise the church world? They add misery to their lives by corrupting their minds and cheating them of truth. They equate the worship of God with making great sums of money. We have a prophet that is, P-R-O-F-I-T, in inverted commas, we have a prophet that is greater than theirs, our holy awe of God. To have merely our necessities is to have enough. Isn't it true that our hands were empty when we came into this world and when we leave this world, our hands will be empty again? Because of this, food and clothing is enough to make us content. But those who crave, crave wealth of this world slip into spiritual snares. They become trapped by the troubles that come through their foolish and harmful desires, driven by greed and drowning in their own sinful pleasures and they take others down with them into corruption and eventual destruction. Loving money is a root of all evils. Some people run after it so much that they have given up on their faith. <coughs> craving, <coughs> craving more money pushes them away from faith into error 
compounding misery in their lives. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that, um, that passage of scripture has been used many times to say, see, poor is good. It's not what Paul's saying. <laughs> not nearly. You know, Jesus said you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve both. You can't serve God and you can't serve money. Money is to be a servant, not to be a master. And what Paul was saying, <clears throat> what Paul was saying there is that how much do you think you need? How much do you think you need? For yourself. But how much do you need to be a blessing for others? That was the promise given to Abraham. And we are heirs to the promises of Abraham. We are blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. And, you know, it just says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, that God loves a cheerful giver. And in the Amplified, it's got in brackets, whose heart is in their giving. It's heart's desire that is important in what we do with what God has given us. And as our heart's desire is for him in our giving then the promises of God are there and he says what he's going to do. If we prioritise him, he looks after the rest. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you, Lord, that it can't be misused and there be fruit from it. So, oh Lord, I just pray that the truth of your word sinks deep into our heart. Lord, that it's our desire for you. It is that holy awe of who you are that motivates us in all that we do. In the things that we say, in what we give, in our whole life, Lord. And Father, we know that if that holy awe that you are, you are developing in us, if that's the desire of our heart, Lord, everything that concerns us concerns you and you'll look after those things as we prioritise you. So Lord, we thank you that your word is truth, that your love abounds, and Lord, that we can be just so close to you in this. Thank you, thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God.
Alleluia. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We just thank you that you're so very present. Holy Spirit, I'm just asking that every person in this place this morning would be touched by your presence in a tangible way, Lord. Lord, that experiential knowledge of your presence, of your power, of your goodness, your love, Lord, there's nothing to compare, nothing to compare. We thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. I um, I think I might need a little bit of a prop this morning. I don't see why the preacher should be the only one standing. (laughs) Wow. Um, I'm really not sure what direction to head in this morning because I guess I, I desire more than anything to know that God's people understand God. You might say, well, how can you understand God? You can understand God through experiential knowledge. That's how we understand life. It's through experiences, isn't it? God wants us to understand the experience of his life. A lot of Christians are afraid of experiential knowledge in the church when it comes to things of God, particularly supernatural. But the church was birthed out of the supernatural. The church is not supposed to be like every other organisation. The church is different. The church is God's. The church is the place... I I got um, a little bit pickled in worship and that happens to me. And, uh, and it's, ex- it, <clears throat> it's an experience. 
And I don't know why people expect to come to church and not experience the power of God unless God's not in the house. But if God's in the house, then we should know about it. And some people have a, a super spiritual approach to God where they, they put on this outward holiness or show of, of um, piety or whatever when they come to church and they do their, their church thing or they, they, they respond to the word of God in a very religious fashion. And we can become robotic in church where we are almost programmed by religion how we should respond, how we should behave, how we should be doing things in church. But the church was birthed in the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody in the place was drunk. I'm beginning to understand the mode of operation in the book of Acts was you come to church to have an experience in God and you become inebriated in the house where the presence of God is touching your physical body the same way that other influences can affect our body naturally. God wants to have a supernatural effect on our physical being where we are filled with the Spirit. That term has become churchified, where there are a lot of Christians who say, Yes, I am filled with the Spirit, but they're as dry as chips. They have no experiential knowledge of what it means to be filled with the Spirit. They think being filled with the Spirit is just having the ability to pray in tongues. A little yabba-dabba will do you and it'll be enough just to get me through the morning service so I can go and do what I want to do. But we are supposed to be a people solely dedicated, wholly filled and flooded by the power and the word of God that we are a changed people. We're not just a people who come to church once a week to do our God thing, but we are actually followers of Jesus. And if you look at the life of Jesus, he had some pretty radical followers. Now, the church, let's have a look. At, at, um, at what Jesus prayed for his church in the book of John, in John 17, I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times, I'm going to read it again, John 17, Gospel of John, verse 21. Jesus praying for them to be joined together as one. That cannot happen without the power of the Holy Spirit to be joined together as one, to be one with him and one with each other, 
in a, in a way that Jesus said, Father, just like you and I are one. I want you to think about what it means to be one with the Father, one with the Holy Spirit, one. One heart, one accord, one thought, one purpose to be one. That's what Jesus is praying. And he knew what it was going to take because he knew what his disciples were like and they were the good guys. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognise that you sent me. So there has to be something different, that the world sees there's something different. For the very... <clears throat> for the very glory that you've given to me, I have given to them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You live fully in me and now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that you sent me for they will see how... Whoa. And he goes on to talk about love. And, and I mentioned a little bit about the, the, the glory being manifest in the church and one of the... One of the aspects or the, the ways that the glory is released in the church is through you and I honouring one another. There is a release of glory. There is a release of the power of God when we choose to do what the word says and honour one another. If you want to see the power of God in the church, start allowing the glory of God that's resident in you to begin to come forth by honouring, loving one another. And that takes the power of God. Because sometimes we're very unlovely, very unlovable by the things that we do. But if we truly have the power of the risen Saviour resident within us and we allow him to have his way, we can love one another just like Jesus loved his disciples. It's possible. But it requires the supernatural that Jesus was praying for that the church has to believe for so that the glory can have its way in the house. And so one of the other areas that I spoke a little bit about the glory because the glory is so awesome because it's God in presence being tangible. Another area or another way, another aspect of the glory, the release of glory in and through us is wow, is through 
our finances. It is through the, the prosperity, the financial overflow that's in the realm of glory. If we can understand the realms of glory and the resident glory and allow that resident glory to begin to flow in and through us, we're going to experience realms of the supernatural. Now, I know some people feel a little uncomfortable when I start talking this way, but you have to make a decision. Am I for God or not? I'm either in this thing all the way and I'm not going to play church or I'll have to find somewhere else. The realms of glory are supposed to be experienced by God's people because Paul wrote about the church going from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. From one realm of the, the, the a degree, if you like, of the presence of God. Do you know what it's like to experience the presence of God? To actually feel a tangible, I can feel his presence. When I get into worship, that's another area where the glory of God begins to be released, begins to be manifest, begins to be tangible. I can feel the presence of God when I get into worship. I can feel the presence of God. I bring myself into his presence. How does that happen? by beginning to release that realm, release the word in praise, in worship and begin to speak that word, begin to pray in the spirit, begin to sing in the spirit, begin to allow the spirit to speak through me and he not only encourages and builds us up but it begins to change the very atmosphere in the house. Do you know you can be influenced by the realms of the Spirit when we come together in a corporate gathering and we corporately begin to release that, that, that resident power that's within and begin to speak it out. We begin to release something into the atmosphere. See, in the world... Most of the things that we experience come from an external and we drink it or we eat it or we see it but the most of the stuff, it's, it's external and that's all enjoyable but the realms of the spirit are the opposite to the realms of the flesh, the realms of the world. It comes from within. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, is within you. The realms of God, the, the, the ways of God, the kingdom of God, God's way of doing things is within you. So you begin to release the ways of God through obedience to the word in faith and you begin to experience realms of the glory. <laughs> See, it's, it's, it's amazing how many, many Christians have no experiential knowledge. But Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. How do you hunger after righteousness? How do you thirst after righteousness? When you're thirsty, you drink. When you drink, you get a little bit... <clears throat> 
affected by what you drink. In the natural, if you're thirsty, you get some water and you drink. In the spirit, when you're thirsty, you begin to use your mouth again and it's coming from within, coming out. It's the reverse of the way of the world. The external, you drink it in. The spiritual, you speak it out. You still use the same mouth and both ways work, but the ways of the spirit come from within and as you begin to release the things of the spirit, you'll begin to see things change in your life. Let's have a look in in, um, Ephesians for a moment. Ephesians chapter 5. I know it's in here somewhere. There it is. Ephesians 5. Let's start at verse 15, and I'm reading this from the Passion Translation. Verse 15, it says, the heading here says, Living in God's wisdom. So be very careful how you live, not being like those with no understanding, but live honourably with true wisdom. For we are living in an evil time. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. Spending your life for who? Him. Spending your life for his purposes. And don't live foolishly. For then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. And don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Why is it rebellion? Because it's disobedience, because God just said, don't get drunk with wine. Instead, instead, that means don't do that, but do this instead. Be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And your hearts will overflow with a joyful song to the Lord, Jehovah. Keep speaking to each other with words of Scripture, singing the Psalms with praises and spontaneous songs given by the Spirit. This morning, while we're in worship, I was in spontaneous songs given by the Spirit. And when you get into that realm of spontaneous songs given by the Spirit and singing by the Spirit, something begins to happen. And you're actually releasing something and you are actually drinking of the Spirit. And when you begin to drink of the Spirit, you begin to feel an experience of a filling up with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one who knows what you need. And and it says here, where it says about, instead, be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, 
the footnote says, be inebriated in the Spirit's fullness. How did the book of Acts function? Inebriated. The church was drunk on the Holy Spirit. The church was filled with the Holy Spirit. What's the, 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 the thing Paul's talking about? Don't be drunk with wine, but be drunk on the Spirit. Some of you are looking very stony-faced at me at the moment. See, this is the problem with the church. Not drinking enough. Not happy enough. You drink of the Spirit and you'll be full of joy, it says. Why do people drink alcohol? Because it affects them. They feel happy. They enjoy the experience. It's time for the church to start enjoying the experience of the Holy Spirit and begin to realise there is something special in the book of Acts. See how they loved one another. Why? Because they were so drunk in the Spirit, they weren't offended by everyone else in the place. They weren't upset. They were just enjoying what God was doing and they kept being filled with the Spirit. See, the church has got to this little, I, I believe, almost a religious concept or mindset of what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And they say, yes, I can speak in tongues. Great. Well, you can speak in tongues and be as dry as the desert. You can have your yabba-dabba and no effect, no, no, no See, see, God knows what you need. And, and if you come to church and you get filled up when you begin to worship God, you're going to have enough to get through the week. You're going to know what you need to do to keep going through the week. You're going to be able to bring yourself into that place of enjoying the Holy Spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit is intoxicating. Did you hear that? The presence of the Holy Spirit is intoxicating. So that, 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 um, that to me implies that if, 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 um, if, we, if we are, if we are experiencing the Holy Spirit and what He is saying in His Word is available, then we should have a little bit of joy. We should have a little bit of a bubbling within. We should have a little bit of this, this book of Acts stuff. <laughs> Be filled with the fullness of the Spirit. See, it says here in um, the book, In Acts, this is how the church started. This is the birth of the church. Mm. 
Peter's first sermon at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came, and I'll just cut to the chase here a little bit because of time, but in verse 14, Peter's stood up and he preached with the other 11 apostles to the crowd. And he said, listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, you need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think they are. They were certainly drunk because the Holy Spirit came into the house and got on every one of them. And every one of them started praying in the Spirit like they've never prayed in their life. And if you understand the power that's available when you start releasing that spirit language and begin to pray in the spirit, that will touch every need you have. God has given you a supernatural ability to fight the fight of faith and that praying in the spirit brings you into the realms of the spirit where your faith is charged by the power of the spirit so you can override every interfering influence. Every interfering influence can be overridden by the power of the Spirit that's resident within you. If you release that power and begin to speak in the tongue that God's given you, you come into a realm of power, you come into a realm of the Spirit where not only do you get that joy that that thing does not oppress you, but you also get to speak the power to override that factor. Oh, the church has, 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 has a long way to, to catch up, but we are going to catch up big time. We're going to catch, we're going to catch, we're going to catch it. We're going to catch the church is going to get ignited again and the church is going to fire up into the things of God and we're going to see the power of God in the house like never before and the church in the book of Acts was the beginning and the end is better than the beginning. So I can't wait for the end. I'm really looking forward to it because God's going to do a work in the house and God's people are not only going to be filled with joy with their happy Christians instead of sour-faced Christians and they're going to start releasing the joy. They're going to start speaking the word that God gives them by inspiration of the Spirit that comes when you yield. Yield. You come into a place where you choose to live in the Spirit. You choose to speak the word that God gives you by the utterance of the Spirit to bring yourself into the place where you need to be filled up so you can be fired up. The infilling is for you. The overflowing is for others. What do you want to overflow with, religion? Or do you want to overflow with the Spirit's power? Your choice. But as I was saying, when I, when I, when I, when I, when I, when. I, um, as I was saying, hmm. The um, see your natural mind is going flippity flop now. What's he doing? The preacher's supposed to be in charge. No, the Holy Spirit's in charge. And if he wants to use me to demonstrate, that's fine. I don't mind that at all. But I know what it is to drink 
in the house of God. I know what it is and I purpose in my heart. I get into worship and there's just something about that coming together because the Bible says don't forsake the coming together. Why? Because God wants that corporate anointing to begin to touch the hearts of every person so we help each other. See, sometimes we can't get ourselves into that realm but if we just come with a soft heart and say, Lord, help me. Help me to come into that place where I can begin to worship you in the Spirit and begin to touch the realms of the Spirit of God where the things of the Spirit begin to lift me above the circumstances of life where the things of the Spirit begin to work in my body and heal my body, where the things of the Spirit begin to get my focus off myself and onto the things that you want me to focus on, Lord. For when the church begins to focus on the things of God, the church will be filled with the presence of God. When we can begin to realise that we have a job to do, that God has called each one of us to be a Holy Ghost bombshell, that we can begin to release the power of God into a world that needs to be healed, a world that needs the help, a world that needs the power, a world that needs the supernatural. But you cannot do it in your own ability, no matter how religious you are and how many times you cross yourself and how many times you get on your knees unless you've got the power of the Holy Spirit, you won't do it. Oh, but I'm not like that. Yeah, I know Jeff gets a bit excited every now and then, but I'm not like that. Well, he is. And who's in charge? The scripture says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Drinking is not only permissible, it's vital. If you don't drink some of this water every day, you are in trouble. And you recognise your thirst and you do something about it. But do you recognise the thirst in the spirit? There are a lot of Christians who are on their last gasp like they've been in the desert for a week without a drink. They're not looking good. They're desperate. Do you, do you know what's going to happen? A lot of the Christians are going to miss out because the world is going to recognise that I can get a drink in the church and I'm thirsty for what the church has got and I want to come into the house of God and drink of the Spirit. The world is going to show the church in some instances, what it means to be hungry and thirsty for the things of God. And the, the stony-faced Christians are going to either wake up or move out. God is going to have a church that is totally, totally, totally His. 
His house, His church. I remember, I might, I, 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 I want people to understand, so I'll try and help you to understand. I think I've only mentioned this story in this church once. But something happened to me. Back in 97, that's a long way back. But something happened to me in 97 that changed my life, that is still operating and functioning in me, and I had never experienced anything like it in my life. And if I had have been watching, I would have thought that's weird. But because I was experiencing it, I thought, that's weird. But I remember very clearly now, do you remember I I said to you that the things of the kingdom are within and they come out of us? And I remember very clearly, it was on a, I think it was a Tuesday morning, I had been in a week of meetings and it's interesting how maybe we need to have a week of meetings. A week of... You're kidding, aren't you? That that was a joke, wasn't it? So when you get into a week of meetings and you get into that influence, hour after hour, day after day, something begins to marinate inside you. And you find the things that were affecting you so much don't have that same effect because you become a little... (laughs) You become a little more God-conscious of things, a, a, a greater awareness of the things of God, start to prioritise some things of God... And so I remember I was in, um, I think I need some more of this. It's a a difficult subject for me to speak on because it's voice activated. Like I said, things come from within. It's voice activated. Praying in the Spirit is voice activated, which brings an experience. Voice activated. So I remember it was after this week of meetings and I was in Wilma's office talking with her and she was not in our church service here on the Sunday because she'd been down to another church in Melbourne. And she was just asking me about the service here in the church. How was the meeting? And I said, oh, it was, it was really good. And I began to start speaking about the power of the Holy Spirit being released in the service, in the corporate gathering. And I began to start testifying and, and speaking about what God was doing in the church gathering. And as I was doing that, 
I began to experience something inside that I have never experienced before. It's very difficult to explain, but I've got scripture to back it up that I came across later on. But while I was speaking about the the activity of the Holy Spirit and what he was doing in the meeting, something began to happen within me and I could feel a tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. It felt like a bubbling. You know what it's like when you see the, the, <clears throat> the water in the kettle when it's connected to the electricity and it's been on for a little while? Well, after I'd been talking for a little while and testifying, I felt something in here begin to bubble. And I didn't know what it was, but it was really strange to me. I'd never experienced anything like it before. And as I began to speak about the the Holy Spirit and what he was doing in the meeting, I found it began to come out of my mouth in a way that I... I, 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 This... This, see, this, this, is, this, this is what happens. It, 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 it begins to, because it's voice activated, and I, I found I, I, could not, I, couldn't, I couldn't put into to words what I was trying to express because I was talking about Holy Ghost stuff. I was talking about holy stuff. I was talking about the presence of God. And, and, and I, I found that it was very very difficult to speak and I became for the first time in my life overwhelmed. The Spirit's power within overwhelmed me and and I, I could not speak about what was happening. So I just had to stop talking and I sat there and I, and I, I began to feel quite strange. Now, this is just me sitting in Wilma's office upstairs talking with her. And I felt the power of God on me so strong like I had never experienced before. And, and so I stopped speaking because I couldn't put things into words properly and things began to settle down. Oh, okay. So I felt a bit normal again. And then I started trying to speak again about what the Holy Spirit was doing and the same thing happened. I started feeling this bubbling again within. Bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. And I, 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 um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better at this. I, I, can, I can get my words eventually, but but I began to recognise that there's a tangible presence of the indwelling Holy Spirit. When you begin to start sharing about what he's doing, he wants to share with you what he's doing. He, he, he wants you to be part of it. And so this experience was very, very strange. And I had to sit down. I was sitting down because if I hadn't been sitting, I would have been on the floor. That's why I'm sitting down now. I've got smart. I know how to handle this. (laughs) No, I don't know how to handle this. I take that back. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, boy. I, I, uh, 
d- dumb thing to say. Wow. So, so, <clears throat> so I, 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 <clears throat> I want you to understand that there, that there is a there is a real live presence power of the Holy Spirit resident in you if you have allowed the Holy Spirit to indwell you and you can pray in the Spirit. There's been a release and God wants it to keep flowing. And as that Spirit begins to keep flowing and flowing and flowing, it's going to work that change within. And that's the supernatural, the power of God that's going to cause the love, the the honouring, the giving, all these things of the Spirit that are going to well up and flow out because you begin to release that spirit through yielding to the Holy Spirit. So as I began to share more with Wilma, I found that this thing is voice activated and I can be sitting down in church and be absolutely fine and I get up here to preach and I can't get the words out and there are certain things that are very, very difficult for me to speak about because the the the, the the realms of the presence of the Holy Spirit begins to well up within me. And the glory realm is one of the areas that I have a lot of difficulty speaking about, but we're going to get there. We need to understand the realms of the glory. And so after a while, after I'd been speaking with Wilma, it was about lunchtime, so I, I, I just I settled down. And as long as I didn't talk, I was, I was okay. And so I got into my car and I was driving home and I said, Lord, what was that? I can remember it so clearly. I said, Lord, what was that? And I heard him speak to me. He said to me, when you begin to witness about me, I am going to rise up within you. Now, if there's any more confirmation that you need to understand, it comes from the resident power of the Spirit within you. And when you begin to witness about the Holy Spirit, it's voice activated and he wants you to be a participant in what he's doing and experience the power. And when the power is available, it'll be released and you'll see the super on the natural things and you'll know the power, the resident power of God that wants to bring you into the realms of the supernatural where you begin to understand everything that you've hungered for, everything that you've thirsted for, the miraculous realm of the Spirit, the super coming upon the touch of God and you'll know that you know I've had an encounter with God and I'll never ever be the same. And so God said to me, when you, when you, when <clears throat> oh, when, 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 I, 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 um, I, I can function till it gets to about here. I feel it rising. When it gets into my head, it's very difficult for me to function. And I, I have had some very sincere, very religious Christians explain to me that this is not God. That this is actually an evil spirit. 
that this what I'm experiencing is a devil. That this what I'm experiencing is an evil spirit affecting me so I can't speak. I've had lots of people tell me stuff to try to make me think that this is not of God. But you're too late. Because once you've experienced God, you know that you know. And all the flakes in the world can light up and tell me that this is not God and they can just babble on because I know that I know. This brings me in to the love relationship where I just want to be in his presence. And this is available for the church. And if you begin to understand the realms of the Spirit and yield your heart with a hunger and a thirst for more of God, truly there will come an infilling and a flooding that will super impose upon everything else that you've experienced and it will bring you into a place of that experiential knowledge of knowing what it is to drink of the realms of the Spirit, to thirst for the things of the Spirit and to be totally satisfied with what the Holy Spirit has planned and purposed for your life for surely the things of the Spirit are made for you to walk in. God has given you the ability to walk by the power of His Holy Spirit and experience the realms of glory that will take you beyond the natural, that will cause you to come above the things, the circumstances, the trials, the tribulations, the testing, the things that will bring you down. God says, I've got something I've placed within you to bring you above everything that can come against you, that supernatural ability to pray in the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, to know the realms of the Spirit where all things are working together by the power of God to bring you into a greater understanding of the realms of glory where my presence dwells, where the miracles dwell, where the healings dwell, where the supernatural for whatever you need, the resident power of God coming from within as you yield to the Spirit of God and give your voice to the power of the Spirit and allow you to fill and flood and overflow to overwhelm you in the things of God. You will come into a place of knowing who I am. Oh, yes, Jeff, well, that's good for church, but I've got a job and I've got a function out there. Well, I tell you, if you learn to function with the unction, your job will be so much better. To have the anointing on what you're doing out there makes it so much better.
But blessed are those who hunger and thirst after the right ways of God, for they shall be filled. One translator says, be being filled. See, that's not all the water I'm going to drink today. That'll only last me for a little while. I need more. Do you recognise in the spirit realm you need to be constantly replenishing because you live in a world that's trying to drain you and if you learn what it is to drink of the things of the spirit, you can be overwhelmed. And that is where the power to do the supernatural resides upon you and you know that you know it is the glory of God. Hallelujah. We're going to have communion in a minute, and if you if you haven't got one, just pop your hand up because we've got some little helpers. Yeah, if you see a hand there, Hudson, there's one. There's a couple there. So if you haven't got communion, we've got some little helpers that are going to go and bring them to you. How good is that? You know, the ministry of helps in the church makes the church function. (laughs) Everything's important to God. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. You know, the Bible says it's first the natural and the spiritual. And Jesus' death on the cross was a natural it happened naturally it, it, it physically happened and it was a horrible experience naturally <laughs> but there was something spiritual happening there as well because Jesus took captivity captive. He took all the works of the enemy. He bound them and led them (laughs) on a procession. And he was the victor. And that victory is ours. That victory belongs to us. Because he bought it for us. What he did... He did for humanity. What he did, he did for his creation, to bring his creation back into relationship with him. It's all for us. All for us. Now this is a natural thing. (laughs) It's a little wafer. But if you chew it long enough, it becomes sweet, actually. You can try that.
It's a little wafer and a little bit of juice. It's just a natural thing. There it is. But it is a supernatural act in that we are partaking of God's body that he was broken for us, that we could be whole, and his blood that washes us so that we can be clean. (laughs) You like to stand? We've got to not get stuck looking at natural things and not going any further because God always has something spiritual connected to it. And this is his body that was given for us. And as we believe, it is spiritual food. So let's partake together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And in the natural, you know, our life sources, the, the blood that's within us, the life is in the blood. And Jesus' blood was poured out for us so that we could have his life so let's drink together (sighs) thank you 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 you may be seated Thank you, thank you. Technology's great, isn't it? Put it in my in my photos so that I can make it bigger and it's smaller. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) The weekly announcements. This week, school is back for term four and all the parents said, isn't that great? Some some say, oh, I really had great two weeks and I don't want them to go back. (laughs) Um, So tomorrow, play group uh, starts at 9.30. It's back. Um, we're back for the term, which is very exciting. And uh, yes, yeah, so nine thirty here, uh, here, in. Ah, oh, oh, yes, yes. So we're going to move out to another space. Um, <clears throat> come in here. Wednesday, the ladies' coffee catch up at ten thirty at Beechworth Bakery. And Wednesday night, prayer meeting at 7.30. Thursday, is this the right week? Oh, yes, so Thursday, men's night um, at Tim's house, 7.30. That's right. 
That's all right because, yes, I, I was reading that before and then I'm thinking, oh, it's ladies this week and then I'm looking at this and it's actually men. So it's men's, that's right, Thursday men's night at Tim's house, 7.30 and Saturday is the kids' day out at Melville Cave. So that's very exciting. They had a wonderful time last time so that'll be great. Um, yes, so thank you for coming. Have the best week and, um, yeah, be blessed with what you've heard today. Take it out, think about it and bless you.